Today we will be chatting with Alan Serro. I listen to him very closely because he's an investor, he's a builder, he's an investment advisor. So he, his advice has come from his own experiences. So I'm looking forward to this episode. Welcome to the Wealth Matters podcast, where investors come together to better understand how to build passive cash flow and create generational wealth without all the confusing mumbo-jumbo. Here's your host and co-author of Amazon number one bestseller, Alpesh Parmar. You're listening to the Wealth Matters Podcast. The Wealth Matters Podcast. For more info about what we do, check us out at wealthmatters.com. It's wealth, W-E-A-L-T-H, matters, M-A-T-R-S, dot com. Welcome, Alan, to the Wealth Matters Podcast. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you uh, for the opportunity to... Uh... To, to speak and uh, be involved. Yeah, it's exciting. I appreciate you joining us here. So can you tell my listeners what do you do? Certainly. Um, I'm an uh, investment advisor. Uh, my broker-dealer is Concord Investment Services, and uh, myself as well as my broker-dealer, uh, we specialize in what in the industry we call uh, alternative investment products. So um, that typically means, I mean, examples of it can be uh, oil and gas, of course, which I know we're going to touch on uh, a, a bit in, at, at length. But additionally, uh, non-traded real estate investment trusts, business development companies, uh, limited partnerships. Um, so in, in essence, it's uh, investments that are what we, the terminology we use is non-correlated, which means it's not tied directly to the performance of the stock market now of course all investments and 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 you know in general are tied to the health of the economy and so it's not that they're uh, completely unrelated to the performance of the stock market but i think all your listeners um, know typical types of um, stock market stock and bond market uh, in investments which would be mutual funds individual stocks and and bonds, of course, and as right. we've seen in the in, as we've seen in the news here, and and also just in, in, in this past December, we had a pretty significant uh, pullback in the stock market, um, and interest rates are kind of a variable now, and and the housing market, and there's all these different uh, unsettling factors. So, uh, it, in essence, alternative uh, investments provide. Uh, among other things, a, a hedge against, you, you know, your positions in the stock market. So there's more and more uh, awareness around these types of investments. And then there uh, is a, certainly a place for them in in the portfolio of, of stocks and bonds. And arguably, there's there's a timing where you you take what what you know, take the gains you've you've uh, you've. Uh, accumulated here and and diversify into some areas where you can get um, you know maybe you're not in the 15% return arena but you you lock in some some safe six to twelve percent type of investment returns that are tied to actual real estate holdings or oil and gas if 
all the tax benefits associated there. So that, that's in essence, in a nutshell, what the, the space that I, that I focus on is the, the alternative investment environment um, as a supplement to clients' uh, existing portfolios. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't have been ex able to explain this so uh, clearly. Um, now, you know, you, have, uh, you and I have been chatting and most of my listeners know that I'm big on alternative investments. The entire reason for me to start this Wealth Matters podcast is to show my friends that, you know, there is something other than stocks and bond market out there. There is real estate, oil and gas, um, you know, you can invest in farm, agriculture. Uh, there is so much more out there. And that was the whole purpose of this podcast. So I'm, I'm glad that you touch upon that subject. Um, and uh, we will have a lot to talk about even in near future too. Uh, so uh, when, when you are recommending investments uh, to your investment uh, investors, what, what do you look into uh, it, right? Do you also look for some of the tax reduction strategies uh, as well? And, and what do you recommend uh, for tax reduction strategies? Well, before, even before we get into, you know, tax reduction, I, I typically am contacted because of my specialty in this arena. And, and while uh, investors may be doing things on their own or they have affiliation with other, other advisors, um, I, I like to position myself, not like to, I, I have to by compliance, you know, by compliance guidelines. I need to understand my, my investor. And so I need to spend time or my right. client, I need to spend time understanding what they're, what they're trying to accomplish. And, and as opposed to just diving headlong into uh, tax saving strategies, which, you know, which of course may be the initial contact, but I, I need to understand the, the breadth of where they're at and what they're trying to accomplish. And then oftentimes that will lead to, um, to tax uh, tax advantage strategies, or maybe it's income producing um, different different um, uh, exposure to things like non traded REITs that um, again are 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 doing much better than the bond market in a, in a very stable real estate industry that's backed by you know existing say for example hotel. Uh, holdings, you know, a portfolio of 13 hotels around the country that wow. that would be producing income. So that would be a a strategy versus the bond market, which as interest rates change, that's going to continue to deteriorate. So so it could be income producing interest that they have uh, dealing with required minimum dis distributions that plays into the oil and gas arena, as well as just people that are faced with large tax bills and, and the tax right. reform that we just, the tax reform that's just happened, especially clients in California and New York, they're faced <laughs> with, uh, nobody's doing uh, itemized stuff and the whole, the nope. whole landscape is changing dramatically yeah. and they need to understand what, what some, um, some different options are. And so we're getting a lot of traction in some of these, uh, tax, tax favored, environments uh like oil and gas and uh the the, the political environment is very um pro pro energy development now that's yeah. it's been a long time coming and so that's all beneficial stuff so so to, so back to your question yeah just understanding what the client where they're at what what they're trying to 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 accomplish 
And then, you know, being able to, um, you know, make uh, recommendations that are consistent with their risk tolerance and what, what their objectives are. Yeah, so I'm glad that you brought up the new tax law, right? Um, and, and, and exactly what you mentioned, right? If you are a W-2 employee, there is not a lot you can do because uh, you know itemized deductions are pretty much gone and uh, also SALT disappeared, which is the state and local income uh, taxes, right, local taxes. So that's also not part of the um, you know, uh, tax uh, reform, right? I mean, they are, they are part of it, but you can't write off. So because of that, W-2 employees, uh, especially uh, if they don't have any ways to write off like you and I do uh, having a small business, then they have to look at other options. It could be oil and gas, it could be 1031 exchange, whatnot. So I'm going to bring up some scenario like, and, mo mo and these scenarios are mostly for, uh, I've seen uh, or I've heard from friends, uh, especially with Bay Area people, that I, a couple of my friends just told me that, oh, they sold uh, properties and they have over half a million worth of gain. And these are uh, investment properties, not a primary residence, which if it was primary residence, they, can, they don't have to pay uh, tax if it's up to half a million and if they're married. Right. But let's say they have half a million worth of gain and um, and they already sold it, didn't do 1031. So they wanted to figure out how we can, uh, you know, take advantage of some of the alternative investments out there so that, you know, they can reduce some of the tax burden. And same way on the stock sites, too. Uh, some friends who are working at Workday and Facebooks and Google they and Amazon, they have had crazy stock gains. And these are the stock, these stocks they received as bonus or, you know, uh, some of the purchase plan and now they sold those stocks and they have crazy gain again right so uh, let's say you have scenarios like that where you have you know gain from real estate or stock and what would you do like uh, and again i want to talk about island gas and i'm pretty sure you will go into that but uh, if just looking at the scenario uh, again we are uh, you will still have to look at their overall investments you can't just go in and recommend something but what would you, uh, to what, what kind of investments would you think of in these cases? Well, the, the, the most, the, you know, the one I'm using uh, predominantly at, at this juncture is, is oil and gas because I believe just, you know, the energy, the energy sector on a whole is, is, is doing well. As I, as yes. I alluded to, the, uh, the, the governmental uh, environment is 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 better, and we don't know. Uh, it's very pro pro energy development for the first time in I don't know how long, but decades. We are actually a net exporter of energy as opposed to being beholden to you know other countries and and kind of at the mercy of the environmentalists, which is a continuing battle. And we don't know what's going to happen on the political front, but for for now, it appears to be. Um, pro-energy growth, and, and so as, as part of that, uh, my firm, just to, just to clarify, we actually only work with one uh, major energy uh, oil and gas developer because we, work, we, we are very much uh, in tune with wanting to protect our, our investors and our, and our own reputation, and, and, and when, when you talk about oil and gas, people typically think that it's this very... Uh, risk intensive environment and you really you know it's only for the higher you know the ultra high net worth folks and and yeah there's a lot of that but but just to make sure that that your listeners understand that that the or the um, 
companies that we work with are, are vetted. And right now we're only offering uh, one company, U.S. Energy. And that's because we've spent uh, time. We've worked with them for a, a long period of time. They have a track. They have a great track record. And it's not one of these, you know, fly by night companies that's just coming on the scene and deciding to jump into the sector. They have a, a very long standing history uh, developing um, in the uh, what they call the, the Oklahoma, Texas uh, shale basin and, and, and some other areas and fracking in some other areas, North Dakota. And so that they're they're a big company that manages, you know, their, their investors well. But in that environment, it gets uh, there's basically two um, two ways to go. Okay, there's there's um, actual oil and gas drilling limited partnership environment, which you have to be a qualified investor, and 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 I'm assuming that your clients or your listeners are familiar with what what that takes. If not, we can we can so vet them. You, but you have to be when you mention qualified, uh, do you mean accredited investors? That's right. Okay. That's right. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. No, most of my listeners know about it, but I can again spell it out. So accredited investor means uh, if you are filing a joint tax return, then your income uh, for last two years should be at least 300 grand. If you are, uh, you know, uh, filing a single, your income should be over 200 grand. Uh, and if, if you don't meet the income criteria, your net worth should be at least 1 million uh, US dollars. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that has, I, I'm an accredited investor. So I've been doing this for past couple of years. That's right. So there's, so there's a process by which the, you know, in, interested clients would submit that information and it would be part again of the, uh, the process that I, that, that would be gone through to, to right. determine their, their risk tolerance and things of that nature. But so what, once that's been established, then they can operate in a in a limited partnership environment that's because it's considered a security, and so um, th this would so there's two two avenues. There's the general partnership route, which uh, they create these these partnerships around what they call indirect drilling costs. So they'll go in and they'll do new new development into areas they're established areas. So it's just new wells in areas that they already are in and know are producing. So it's, so it's not as, you know, risk intensive as people think because they they know what they're doing. They're not going to start drilling anywhere. They're going to have already done significant research and, and have wells already in the area. They're continually buying and obtaining uh, mineral rights from, from uh, property owners that they get involved with. They don't necessarily have to own the property. They can, just acquire the the rights to the to the to the, the the subsurface, you know, the oil below, and they enter into these arrangements, and they're continually expanding their uh, you know their their um, envelope of development. Got and it. So they 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 continue to set up these new partnerships, and and so where some sometimes people get a little bit nervous is they is that when you start looking into these investment opportunities. They, they use a lot of this bold print, you know, like in real estate, there's a whole section on, on, um, um, the limit of liability and, you know, all these areas where, where they really want you to say, wow, pay attention to this. So there's, there's some bold print around the fact that you're going to be a general partner 
And that means, you know, technically you're, you're exposed to some for it's typically for a short period of time, it's typically for like a year or to 14 months that you're in an environment where, where technically you could be subject to, you know, some exposure liability wise. And there's no, that, that, that there's no way around that, but the company, they, I don't want to say they shield you because you, cause you know, I got to be careful what, you know, you can't promise that nobody right. could be impacted, but basically the company is used to doing this. That they're they they've never in their history had to rely on a general partner during that short period of time when you have to um, kind of wear that general partner hat. They've never had anyone ever be impacted by liability. But but just because of the tax laws and the way that that they play out, you have to kind of hold that exposure for a period of time in order to benefit from all of the you know extensive tax benefits, which include, you know, up to 93% of a W-2 or self-employment income tax offset, which is why we're talking, right? That's a big deal. And that right. becomes super important in, in these states that we talked about, right? So, so there's a lot of information that we would hammer down and walk through the process, bring in the guys that specialize in all this, get all the questions answered, and and it's it's it it works. I mean, people are are doing it, and it's the 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 um, sector. It's not just you know they can't go into business just to provide the tax benefits. You know, they're in the oil business. They're not doing this just so people right. can jump on board and get tax benefits. They're they're an, a going concern, huge con oil conglomerate that is bringing oil to the market. And so you get to benefit by that. And they kind of, they walk you, we walk you through how, what that looks like. So that's, so, um, that's the general partner side. And, and that can offset, uh, like I said, W2 self-employment, it can do, it can, it works with Roth conversion stuff, large bonus offsets, stock options and stock gains. Like you talked about, capital uh, gains. handled. Yeah. Capital gain, Alternative minimum tax. Uh, again, I mentioned the uh, the uh, the required minimum distribution offset. So there's there's a, a variety of powerful ways that we can you know once we understand the the bigger picture for the client, we can we can guide them into what's going to you know most effectively reduce their 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 tax liability. So. Um of course, we spoke about oil and gas because of tax benefits. So, um, and, and you already mentioned that you can apply those tax, uh, you know, offset against your earned income, capital gain, etc. But how does this work? So why, why am I able to take this deduction? And how, how is it 93% or 65 or 75%? Uh, what kind of incentive, incentives government is providing, which is making this happen? Can you uh, elaborate on that? Well, yeah, I mean, it, and it, this isn't this isn't new. I mean, the, the, this this has been around for for some time. Um, and again, it's 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 had various, um, you know, how investors have viewed it over the years has changed just because, but it's just because of the 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 governmental environment and just the you know the the, the state of the industry, but. Um, indirect drilling costs. I mean, the, the incentive is there, and the tax deduction is there because you are shouldering, you know, a, a fair amount of, of exposure to an unknown uh, 
outcome. They're going to, they're drilling. Like I said, they do their best to look in, in areas where they know and expect that oil is going to be based on all the, you know, technology that they have and, and, and track record in the, in the different areas and shelves, they call them shell shelves. Um, and, but you're still, you know, technically exposed to a scenario where they could drill and not, not find something. So, you know, they, they map out their track record and a lot more about that as part of the, the process that I can't, I can't go too much further right. uh, into detail other than to just say that there's, you know, they're incented, you know, the, the current governmental um, environment is, is pro energy. And uh, so this, this, this offset against your income tax, you're incented to get involved with these companies that are working hard to keep us, you know, energy um, depend, independent and, right. and continue to, to expand in, 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 that, in the energy sector. So um, that's, I, I don't know, I'm not sure if I completely answered your question or not. No, um, yeah, so I, I, I definitely understand. I just wanted to make sure my listeners understand as well, or it's simplified for them too. Uh, and you were talking about the one avenue to invest is through uh, the partnership. What is the second avenue? So the second avenue would be they actually create drilling funds, and and it's kind of like, you know, similar to to a uh, a mutual fund, um, and so it's it's the reverse. Like these actually spin off income, but there is early on in in the fund there's 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 some because of the way the fund files their 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 tax returns, there's there's some passive uh, income and gain offsets that could be had it could be just a, a flat uh, hey i want to be exposed to the energy sector so i want to be involved in the drilling fund and it's yielding you know somewhere between you know seven and nine percent you know depending on the fund and then it's all kind of like caveated like a mutual fund that you can't you know past performance doesn't guarantee future results and you have mm-hmm. to make all those uh all those disclosures, but you look at the, at the history of the fund. And again, the, the, uh, expertise associated, associated with us energy and, and it, it can be just getting yourself some exposure and income in, in to that, to that sector, as well as some additional ancillary passive income and loss benefits associated with, uh, with these funds. And in that environment, you're actually, a limited partner. So, uh, and I didn't finish my, just to, just to finish off on the, the limited partner, uh, the limited partnership in which initially you, you're a general partner, you transition into a limited partner. And so it's a little bit complex, but you're, you're not, you're not a general partner indefinitely. You just need to meet certain, um, requirements and, and and that's why the kind of the the, the tax benefits are front loaded right you want, right. you want to front load them while you're uh, while you're because you're, you're, you're a general uh, partner so you are more active that's what it's showing well you're 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 not but in the eyes of right. you characterized as someone who is but you're really not you're just leaving it in the hands of the pros and you're just wearing that hat so that you can front load these uh these income offsets got it 
So, um, and I was talking to, uh, you, you, you know, my CPA, Jake, and he mentioned he was on one of the podcasts and he mentioned that he also recommends oil and gas to his clients as a, as a big passive income generator to offset against the passive losses, you know, most of the investors have from real estate. Again, those uh, uh, phantom losses, right? Because usually you make uh, you make some money out of real estate, but because of the depreciation, you will have a passive loss. So, and most of the time, you can only carry certain amount of passive losses, right? Or, or I mean, you can only use certain amount of passive loss every year. So he, uh, Jake mentioned about you know having oil and gas uh, as a, as a that's, passive that's income right. that, would, that, that would be the drilling. That would be the drilling fund side. That's so that's. Oh, uh, okay. So that. So, okay. That's what I was yeah, going. Limited partnership, <laughs> passive income, and then what? And then what he's also you're limited on the amount of carry forward. That's what he's talking about. So yes, um, you have to have qualified um, losses or or you know to 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 offset the, the carry forward. Otherwise, you know, you, 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 you lose out if you don't have enough before the carry forward runs out. Right. So you need to have some passive gains and that's where the fund would be usually, right? Yeah. It, for folks that don't, that don't have other, you know, um, real estate income or, you know, there's, 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 uh, and, and the other area it works in is, uh, when, individuals that are actually involved in real estate development. This is, you know, I, I've done a bit of that oh, in the past and, and then you, by virtue of a, of a, a project where you're investing in the entitlement process and things of that nature, you, you, um, you accrue these, these passive losses that right. you can, uh, you can offset again. So that's another example of, of the passive loss environment, right? So, um, we are winding up uh, there. So I just wanted to find out what kind of, again, uh, we are not uh, saying that this is the kind of returns you, uh, and anyone would receive, but what kind of returns have you seen from the passive income side, uh, you know, in percentage in past couple of years? Of course, this is all dependent on finding oil as well as the oil prices, but what have you seen or what have your clients seen? Yeah, I mean it's a uh, again it's 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 similar to what I mentioned um, on the uh, the non-traded REIT that's tied to to the, the hotels. It's um, you know it's 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 a stabilized. Uh, so you know, guys, people that are used to these, you know, high flying returns, you know, um, it's this is more of a piece where you're just uh, diversifying. You're walking in to a stable sector. You're kind of year in, year out, six to nine percent. Sometimes it'll be a little better, but that's kind of a range where you're just parking that money. And, and then, and then over time, it, you know, you, you know, maybe you're not hitting it out of the park, but you're also not experiencing some of the, the volatility. So it's 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 kind of a fixed income related sector where you're just putting this money and, and you're, you're foregoing some of the, the volatility of the market and the high flying tech environment or whatever you're, you're interested in. And you're just locking this stuff into a stable sector. That's getting you this, you know, whether it's real estate or, or, or oil and gas and you, and you're getting that day in day out six to 9%, like I said. Okay, no, that I that sounds great actually. Because if you look at the stock market return, even if someone says fifteen percent, you have to look at it over ten years, and and you realize that's not true. <laughs> but again, we are not discussing about stock market here. 
so uh, anything else we missed about oil and gas? We are almost well, wrapping I guess, up. I guess I should. I guess in 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 the spirit of transparency here, we're talking about you know there's down times in the stock market. The energy sector is subject to fluctuation. So right now we're in a uh, six to nine percent is kind of, kind of on the higher side of things. Like again, they can have a good year, but you know right. I, I I will I will tell you that there have been hard times in the energy sector. So, you know, just like anything else, it could be down in the two to 3%, you know, if, uh, if, you know, politically things change and all of a sudden there's, uh, you know, it's not uh, energy, energy isn't in favor anymore. I mean, that could, that could, that's not something I want to uh, sugarcoat. That's a a real, a real possibility. Right. So, so again, it's the, um, but the fun you can get out of, right. I mean, I mean, the, uh, we didn't talk about timing, and I can't. I was really... going to go there to watch yeah. the whole period. Sorry, so you brought it up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be on the limited partnership side. I mean, you got to be, you have to be prepared for like a five to seven year hold, you know, and, and uh, that's that's an average. It's not Which always that long. It's pretty common in most of the investments, though. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. yeah, that's a pretty. <laughs> it's just every everybody's kind of geared that way, and that's because. Those those are like the way investment cycles typically run, right? Yeah. That that's like a full circle investment cycle, right? So, um, so that would be the other thing I would just say because again, you know, I, I'm not here espousing, uh, you know, throwing product at people and trying to avoid taxation. It's more comprehensive, real. Let's dig into this and see how we can benefit you. Um, but um, establishing a plan that is not just about just tax tax avoidance, but building, you know, and accumulating and getting proper diversification through this, this alternative environment. That's awesome. I think uh, we covered everything. Um, if there is anything else, let me know. No, that, that's all I have. I'd be happy to... Uh, Speak more like like you and I talked about uh, beforehand. It's it's very uh, individually geared towards right. every person's situation. So um, would would love to be able to uh, chat specifically about people's um, you know what what their what their current situation is and and how we can help. I appreciate it, Alan. Thank you so much for joining me uh, on today's Wealth Matters podcast. My pleasure. Thanks for the opportunity. If you are on the fence about investing or have any questions about alternative investments, please reach out to me at alpesh at wealthmatters.com. It's A-L-P-E-S-H at W-E-A-L-T-H-M-A-T-R-S.com. Thanks for listening to the Wealth Matters podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star rating on iTunes so others can enjoy the show too. Have a great week and happy investing.